Well, hello. Um, welcome to the JSM podcast where we desire to see everyone living in healthy relationship with the Lord and each other. Um, I am here actually by myself. <laughs> um, it's, uh, it's been a different week. Um, I think we decided Cassandra and I, um, uh, next year that we're going to take time off on the podcast for Mardi Gras, um, because it throws off our schedule, really not because we're out there celebrating, but our week is, um, very different when Mardi Gras comes around because we're not at the office. And so it kind of messes up our, our typical flow and our schedule. And so, um, so I'm flying solo this week cause we just didn't have time. Like I was hoping, um, to be able to record together. And so I just realized I didn't introduce myself. I'm Joanna. Um, so this week we're actually going to talk about, um, we are going to talk about revival. Um, I don't know if, um, if you heard about, you know, what's currently going on in regards to, the, um, the different revivals that are happening on a bunch of college campuses. And so it's, um, so because of that, um, we, we thought we want to, cause I, I'm, I'm passionate about obviously any move of God, um, the things that God's doing. But I think a lot of my struggle when it comes to revival is, um, I think the focus that people put actually on it. Um, so I think for that space, it's really great um, for, you know, what it is that God's doing. And there have been a lot of, you know, different revivals throughout history that have happened. I encourage you to study some of them, go and Google it, read about it, um, different ones. But when I think a lot of my struggle with revival is sometimes we're looking for a hype and it's really not about that, the hype. Yes, there are moments, you know, we look in the book of Acts when Paul preached in different times, you had thousands of people coming to the Lord and, you know, and joining in relationship with God and all of that is like, it's, it's amazing, you know, of course. I'm the first one to stand up and be like, wow, that's so amazing. But I think my struggle is the fixation that we're constantly looking for revival. And when you go and study them, a lot of spaces where they've been revival after the area is very desolate. Um, and, and then you have a lot of people that get saved in these things and in the hype and the excitement of it. So, and, and I'm talking about apart from the move of what God's doing. So I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the hype and the excitement that people want to just be drawn to something like this. And then there, there isn't a lot of sustaining sometimes in relationship with God after these movements. Um, there's, you know, the super heightened excitement and then that's it. And there, you, you don't see sometimes a lot of long-term, um, continuation and relationship. You don't see long-term continuation in whatever cities have been impacted. Um, and to me, it's really sad 
when you actually look at I encourage you <laughs> to go and study some of them. So like I said, I'm not putting down the move of God or the things like that. I think my struggle is actually the fixation that Christians have on like, oh, this is what we've been waiting for. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Isn't, isn't God present every day? And doesn't he desire to live in close relationship with all of us all the time? Like, it's not like these are just one moment that like God shows up and then he's not here the rest of, you know, all the years and time. Like this is the only moment. And I'm like, no. And mo and a lot of revivals that have happened have happened um, a lot of times with the younger generation. Um, and then you have times where it's been multi-generational, but it's very interesting to go and study and look at it. And so I was sharing actually with Cassandra today about um, the Welsh revival. That's one of them. And you go back to the space where this powerful move of God happened. And it is so desolate, like even the streets and everything around. And it's really sad because you would think like, wow, there was this, you know, huge revival that happened all these years ago, you know, and the trees should be greener, you know, like there should be, and don't get me wrong, they are green, but like you would anticipate that like, if it was a space in which, you know, there was this powerful move of God, that there would just be this like long-term forever change in whatever space has happened in. And actually it's the opposite. A lot of times what happens like I was saying, there's absolute like desolation in a lot of these spaces after. And to me, I think that's really sad, but also I feel like it says something because one, okay, of course, um, we know as Christians, when, when God's moving, then the enemy comes in like a fierceness, you know, obviously right after, um, to squash or to hinder or to prevent whatever is happening because it is drawing attention and it's good attention. It's not bad attention. So know that my heart is not to destroy any of this or not to even put down this move of God, because I believe it is really powerful. And I believe for these college students, especially there's such a struggle with identity and, and knowing who God is because so much of the religious mindset in in church culture and expectations have driven people far away from living in close connection. And so I believe that there needs to be for many, this real experience of connection with God for them to be able to draw closer to him. And because God is real, he is a real connection. And so in these spaces, they get to experience this. And so I feel like for a lot of this generation, they need something real because they've seen a lot of religious expectation. They've seen a lot of demand on their lives and, you know, the church saying, don't do this, be like the, you know, and it's just like a bunch of rules instead of having this real encounter with God. And so there's this amazing opportunity to have this powerful encounter with the Lord. So that part I think is absolutely amazing. My struggle, like I said, is the fixation on these things that we're wanting to run to these spaces to experience God and not realizing that God desires for us to experience him in the very space that we're in. And then the other part of my heart is who's going to minister to all these people at the end of whatever this week is or this month is like, where's that going to happen? Where are the people to come alongside and sustain what has happened? Where are those people to pour into 
a lot of these new people that have come to the Lord, where are the people that are going to disciple them? Where are the people? Because that is what sustains. So it's like, yes, you can have this big, fierce fire, but who's going to keep it going? And that's my heart. I think the thing that I'm challenging a lot of people is God desires for you to have a fire inside of you where you stand right now in the space that you're in while you're listening to this, even in this moment that God desires to bring fire, which would be a revival in your life, in your space, for it not to just be something that you encounter in somebody else's space, but something that he desires for you to encounter in your space with him right now. And then also the other thing is a sustaining the thing that is started. And so it's discipling. That means living in relationship with those around us, living in connection with those around us, living closely with those around us, because that is what sustains whatever is being started right now. That is what sustains it. And so we need to realize that God is calling us not to run to this fire to stare at it, but he's calling us into the space of saying, you know what, you can have this fire in your life. You don't need to go to these places. I desire to set you on fire for you to have this revival, this space of pure connection with me on the exact space that you're standing on. That is his heart, is for you to be in close relationship with him and connection with him in your life right now. And then for you to have the opportunity to mentor, disciple, to build up those that maybe are coming out of these spaces that are, are experiencing this move of God. And then they're like, okay, where do I go now? And that's where a lot of the multi-generational, that's where a lot of us come in is being that space of connection, of sustaining whatever it is, because what changes things is when we come and show up to change and move culture in a direction, not to, not by demanding obedience, not by demanding for everybody to follow all the rules, but by us being this fire that's contagious as people encounter us, they desire automatically to experience more of the Lord because they've experienced who he is when they have a conversation with us, when they connect with us. And that doesn't mean, my challenge always to people is if somebody were to encounter you without you ever bringing up scripture and just their encounter with you and the words that you say, the way that you live and the things that you speak, would they desire for more of God? And if the answer is no, then that's where it starts within us because we're trying to bring forth all of this change in life by demanding obedience with people. And we ourselves aren't these powerful people that are passionately really in love with the Lord. And we don't have anything that's different about us. And so my challenge all the time to people is, would somebody desire more of who God is just by an encounter with you? Let's just say the way that you serve, the way that you give, the way that you see them, the way that you encourage them, the way that you pour into them, the way, like, would they desire more of God by just a hello from you? Because when they enter into your space, they feel that, that move, that power of God in your life 
that they just, they walk away and they're like, that person was different. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about never sharing about who God is, but I think as a church, we've tried so hard to try and control and get culture to obey instead of us just being a space that's contagious all on its own, all on its own, that as people come and encounter us, it's contagious. They're like, man, you're just this amazing person. Like, I don't know what it is about you. I just want to hang out with you more. Because when you look at the gospels, when you read the gospels, like people were following Jesus all over the place. They didn't know who he was. There was just something about him that was different. The way he taught, the way he loved, the way he lived, the way he was. They were like, man, I just want more of this guy. Like he's really great to hang out with. And so they wanted to have more time with him and more time with him. And then as they were around him, his teaching and the things he talked about began to shape them. And these people were forever changed because they hung out with the Lord day in and day out, had encounters with him. He spoke into their hearts. He saw who they were. He connected with them deeply and were called to follow his example, to follow, to do things as he does. And so he didn't go around condemning or demanding obedience out of people. People were drawn to him because it, he was like nothing they had ever seen before. Nothing. Because there were Pharisees everywhere. Those were the religious people. They were everywhere, everywhere. And they weren't changing anything. They were just creating more rules every single day. And you would think with as many Pharisees as there were, there had been this powerful move of God, but there wasn't. It was dead. It was totally dead. But it was when Jesus came on the scene that people were following him everywhere. They were drawn to him. They desired more. They just wanted to come back. They wouldn't leave. Jesus had to go and rest. He was so tired from just as much as they wanted to be around him because they just enjoyed him. He ate with them. He sat with them. He talked with them. He spent time with them. And you see that all throughout the gospels. You see that over and over and over again. And you also see Jesus need rest over and over again. Jesus, you know, going ahead, staying behind, um, going over here, going over there because of as much as they desired just to be around who he was. And so now we go back to revival. My heart really as a whole is that people live in this space of experiencing God's power and that fire from the Lord day in and day out in their lives, that it's not something that we're running far away to try and go find or to watch the hype of something, but that it's something that's real in our lives right now, that we live in this excitement and the power that God desires for us to live in all the time that we have these God encounters in our lives that like our time of worship because of the posture of our heart that we feel God showing up in our time of worship. We're reading our Bible. We feel God speaking to us that we're having God encounters all the time in our churches. Um, you know, I think about coming on a Sunday and you walk into church and you just have like you feel God's presence. You feel his nearness, but not just every once in a while, all the time. And so we have to realize 
these revivals and these moments start because a lot of times these people move out of the way and just allow God to move and speak freely. And that is something that every single one of us can do every day of our lives, allowing God to lead our moments, allowing God to move in our space, allowing God to be the one that we connect with. Did you hear that? I said connect with. Because when we're connected to him, he says, it, scripture says, in his presence is fullness of joy. And when we're in his presence, there's that fire, that joy. There's something inside of us that's very, very different. And so my challenge is that we would not just stand back and want to run to the hype of something that we would allow and pray for. Obviously, that move that God's doing in these spaces that is totally needed, but that that would actually be an encouragement to us and a reminder that we can live in that same fire, that we can experience that same thing every day of our lives. And that when these youth come home or when they come back to spaces that they find somebody else that's carrying that same fire, that keeps that going, that keeps it going, that it does not stop. They have a space to come and be discipled, not by somebody that's dead, but by somebody that's alive. Because that is what's going to sustain. That is what's going to change. That is what's going to bring this movement of God is when we are in this space, living in connection with him, not trying to get the whole world to obey and follow all the rules already been done. But that it starts with having this encounter in this heart and this desire and this longing for God to be in close relationship with him. And as we're in close relationship with him, this fire starts within us, in our space, that makes it contagious for the whole entire world around us. That people desire to, as they encounter us, they desire to encounter more of God because we are just that introduction. We are the introduction because they see something that's in us. They begin to see who God is, that he is a God of love. He's a God of detail. He's a God of serving. He's a God of, um, of just being present. He's a God of knowing. And for a lot of people, they begin to have a taste of that because they begin to experience just a relationship with you, you as a person begins to teach them about who God is. Not by everything that you say, because we can say a lot of things, but if we don't live the things that we say, it doesn't matter what we say. It doesn't matter what we say at all. People are looking for something real. They're looking for something that somebody truly lives the things that they say. If they say God is love, they feel love. If they say that God desires to be close, they feel close to you. All of those things, because that is their first encounter. And we have to think about, right now I was thinking about in the book of Acts, people were just drawn to the disciples in a lot of ways because of what these guys were doing, how they were living their life. I mean, we, okay, a prime example, the guard who desired to, to know who God was when he saw the life that Paul was living. He's like, whoa, 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 you're different. 
than any prisoner that's been in here before. And it wasn't because he was sitting there preaching. It was the decisions. Don't get me wrong. He's preaching. But it was the decisions that he made in his life. And it was, I'm sure, the peace and that there was something very different about this man. And because of that, the guard decided that he was like, man, I got an, who are you? What is this? And because of that encounter and who he saw that he was, this guard accepted the Lord and his whole family did too. I mean, just by that encounter of seeing and experiencing something very different inside this person that he wanted more of it. And so we need to ask ourselves, am I carrying that fire? Do I carry that same fire? Is that inside of me? And if it's not, why? Am I living passionately in love with the Lord on fire? Am I experiencing him? Because if you're not, I encourage you right now, right now, I encourage you to get on your knees if you're driving. I encourage you to fall over and turn on some worship and begin to allow God's presence to move in your life. If there's things that need to be worked through, if there's healing that needs to come, if there's decisions that you need to make, if there's things that are holding you back, that you would allow God to move in your space, that you would allow him to come in and dwell in your presence as you dwell in his presence, and that you would allow this encounter. I know for me, what really changed my life was hitting just a space that was just completely broken. And this was after I gave my life to the Lord, but just being totally broken and not feeling that life and not even wondering. I mean, I wondered if it could even be really, I mean, I told the Lord, I shoved my Bible across the room with the book of Acts open. And I was like, you need to show up like this in my life because I was just like, I can't keep going. I feel so dead and, and so stuck. And so night after night, I would just lay in God's presence and worship and worship. And God started to just speak and healing came. And that was the beginning of something that God began to change my life. And I had such a powerful encounter with him that sits now this fire deep in my gosh, deep inside of me forever and always. But it was me humbly coming and inviting him in with that longing to just know who God was, to understand who he was, to want to have this encounter with him. And it came through being in a posture of prayer and worship before him. And so I ask you, do you allow worship into your life? Do you put time aside to just allow God to speak over you? to heal you, to have encounters, to sit with him and to be with him, to have true, deep, emotional, intimate relationship with God, to allow him to know all of your thoughts. He knows them. He already does. But to allow you open the door and you invite him into your mind and your heart and you allow him to transform that's where revival starts for each one of us. That's where transformation, that's where powerful moves happen. That's where big, amazing things happen is we invite and allow God into that space. We allow him to move in our lives and inside each one of us. And so when 
these young adults come back to their spaces. May they find us on fire. May they find that fire burning within us as discipleship continues to go forth. And so this is the beginning. It's, it's, I feel like it's an invitation that God has for each one of us all the time. But we have the decision on whether we're going to show up to the party in our lives and in our hearts. And that we're going to allow God to encounter us as we show up and allow him into our space. Because a lot of times we don't realize we have it closed off. We live bound by the rules, bound by quote unquote obedience and all these things. But there's no joy. There's no passion. There's no love. There's nothing real inside of us. And it's okay to admit that it's not there. Because that's the first step that begins to allow God to come. And so I just want to pray over you. Father, I just pray right now that revival would um, just begin with each one of us, that we would not just stare at these things and think it's just so amazing, which it is, but you're having an encounter with these people in these spaces, but you desire to have an encounter with us right now in our space, exactly where we are every single day. If it's caring for our children, if it's going to our job, whatever it is that we're doing, you desire for us to encounter you in the moments that we're in, in our day in and day out. You desire for revival to happen in our kitchen. You desire for revival to happen in our bathroom. You desire for revival to happen in our workplace, in our car, wherever we're at. For there to just be this fire that is in each one of us, something that is sustained, that's not just a quick, like, big, huge flame and then quickly goes out. But you desire for there to just be the sustaining, just passion and glow and joy and peace inside each one of us. And I just pray right now that we'd have the courage to just invite Holy Spirit into our space, to have the courage to just show up and to allow for you to just move inside each one of our worlds, inside of each one of the circumstances that we're in, that you just restore that joy of just our salvation, of knowing who you are, and that we would just be so in love with you. We just thank you. Father, I thank you so much that you are so faithful and so near to us and that you desire to just um, live in close relationship with us. In your son's name, amen. Okay. Well, um, I am, I'm so excited, <laughs> um, for, um, I'm excited now, like for this to go out, I'm excited for each person that, um, has an opportunity to listen to this. I just pray that, um, God speaks so much to each one of you and that you would just have an encounter with the Lord, um, just in your life. So, I look forward to seeing y'all next week. We should be back on our normal flow um, as office is kind of back to normal um, next week. So if you want to find out more about the ministry, check out joannasnow.com. Um, next week, I should have Cassandra back with me and we'll continue our plan on continuing our series on Christianese. Um, if you feel like giving to the ministry, that's how we are supported Um financially by our listeners and those invest hoping soon that we'll have, um, our 
courses back up that you can purchase individually because we've kind of shifted and changed how we have everything. So that those would be at back up. So you would have an opportunity to partake in some of those and and they're a great way to continue to support the ministry. So I hope you all have an amazing week. We'll see you next time. Don't forget, catch the Psalm study too, as well on YouTube, Facebook, and um, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. It's on there as well. You can go back and listen to previous um, studies that we've done. And so I'm so thankful for each one of you. I hope you have an amazing week. See you next time.